0: Out in it, finish of shot off the post, rebound, score. Paul Cotter follows the puck off the iron, puts it into the goal. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvSportsNetwork.com. Broken up from behind, intended for Milano. Two on one for Vegas. Marcio on the left. Smith got it to him. He scores
1: Let's get at it. Back home
0: after a week and a half, 10-day road trip in which the Vegas Golden Knights run the table in the Final Four. And now they face a predominantly Western Conference-based schedule going forward. One more game in the last 14 Uh, against the Eastern Conference, and that's Sunday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Other than that, it's all against your rivals, and that is certainly heightened tonight against the Calgary Flames. A year ago, Mm -hmm. they were in the exact opposite positions. Vegas was clawing to get into the playoff spot in the West, and Calgary was rolling towards a regular season title in the Pacific. And this time around, Calgary hasn't been able to catch fire at all, and Vegas is working towards a potential record-breaking season mm-hmm. when it comes to franchise best. So it shows you how quickly things can change, but also how much you got to appreciate these moments in the course of a franchise. We'll get into the game tonight against the Flames. We'll also dive into what happened last night between the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues and the whole Jordan Binnington fiasco. Uh, the, the schedule tonight includes an 11-gamer, Yeah, six of them, involve teams that are, or games that are directly influential on the Western Conference race. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, track that uh, that as well. And the NHL rankings are out. I've been following this the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Talked about last week how the Vegas Golden Knights cracked the top five. There's movement. And that road trip success uh, has propelled them upwards. I'll tell you by how many spots. But uh, this game tonight, Calgary's five points out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm vegas is three points clear of first place uh, for first place there there's a lot of fluidity with this game vegas can really cement its lead atop the pacific division and at the same time put a huge dent in an already battered calgary flame playoff aspiration
1: yeah, I mean, when you look at it right now for the Golden Knights, they are firmly in control of their own destiny. As you mentioned right now, three points up on the Los Angeles Kings. And even though Vegas has, has been on just a remarkable run so far since the, the All-Star break, uh, the Kings are still just kind of hanging around there. So for the Golden Knights, it's, it's really important to just keep this train rolling. And when you look at it from the Calgary Flames point of view, They can't really afford to drop very many games. They are, at present, five points back of the Winnipeg Jets for that final wild card spot. They are 16 points back of the Vegas Golden Knights, so that should give you some some comfort if you're a Golden Knights fan, just in terms of where this team is in, in, in pushing for their playoff berth. But for the Calgary Flames, there's no margin for error here. They have to win hockey games. They cannot settle for one point. They've got to get all two.
0: They're five points back of Winnipeg, but they also have to jump over a team oh, as well. So, there. so there's there's that complication to their system, and the math doesn't be- look good. Their best goaltender is Jacob Markstrom, who has had a up and down career with the Calgary Flames since uh, signing that free agent contract uh, four years ago. Uh, he was bad his first year. He was really good last year. He's been subpar this year. The longest winning streak of his season individually mm-hmm. is three games. Really? So when, when you're looking at having to string a bunch together, you look to the most important guy, and can he get on a roll? There's been nothing to suggest that that's going to happen uh, going forward, and this is going to be a, uh, a very important game for, for Calgary. For Vegas, I want to explain something that has happened earlier this year on a couple of occasions and where they've tried to change it. So they've had two road trips of at least four games this year, yeah, where they've gone out and they've been amazing. Mm-hmm. and then come home and with only one day between games, had to go right back to work, which is really difficult for a team to uh, handle. When you're mm-hmm. coming from the East Coast back to the to the Pacific time zone, you only got out one day. You got family. You got the time change. You got to uh, get back into the, the focus. Uh, and on both occasions, the Vegas Golden Knights have stubbed their toe once against the St. Louis Blues, once against the New York Rangers. Yeah, and they they weren't the best of performances by any means. But I, I cut them all kinds of uh, slack with that because of, if it was two days off between games, then you get one day off to catch up, clock, and family. And then the other one, practice and refocus, and then you go back to the game. Mm -hmm. The one day between is almost like borderline unfair in the sense of it's really difficult to to get around that. So Vegas has done a couple of different things. They stayed in Philadelphia after the win the other night. Mm -hmm. Instead of flying back to Vegas that night and getting in at 3 or 4 in the morning, and uh, getting to bed obviously really late but also having everything that uh, has to do with family and and uh, lifestyle uh, when you've been gone for 10 days stock the fridge everything mm-hmm. uh, they they decided to put that that sort of overnight flight and put it aside and they decided to sleep in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and then fly back yesterday during the day So it's a a write-off of a day for everybody. You don't get home to see the family or the kids or get to do anything during the day, but your clock is more normal, Mm -hmm. much more in tune. And then today, while you're still adjusting somewhat to the time difference, at least you've had that normalcy of a sleep and then uh, a day Mm -hmm. instead of an overnight uh, and and getting in uh, so late and then playing catch up all day and then playing catch up today. That's a major change that they've done uh, mm-hmm. with this scenario as opposed to the first two times that they came back from the East Coast after big road trips. So all three cases, they had great road trips. Mm-hmm. The first two times, they weren't able to carry it over. I think they're in a much better position today to take advantage of what they've done and the, the change. So a little bit of sports science coming into play with the Vegas Golden Knights going into this game against the Calgary Flames.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of where the Golden Knights are early on in this game and kind of how things, how things m- progress for them within the game because I, I like the idea of, you know, traveling on that off day And almost treating this like a continuation of the road trip. Like, this is the final game of the road trip. The Golden Knights have two days between games after tonight. So you know what? You have a travel day in between. Even though it's a home game, you try to treat it as much as possible as just one more game that you continue that mindset. And, you know, hopefully for the Golden Knights, it's a different outcome.
0: Darren Elliott and I call it a six-game road trip. Sure.
1: Yeah.
0: That's the way uh, we looked at this. Uh, the way they evaluated it themselves, and they looked at it as uh, in the, on the sports sports science side, mm-hmm. and that is the quick turnaround and getting right back out right back into it because they haven't played here in in a while. So why not go out there now? There's certain advantages to it, uh, but uh, they, they did get in early enough yesterday that they had part of the afternoon mm-hmm. that they could catch up in, in that regard. But your body was more normal. And uh, I'll be I'll be really interested to see how much it it, it pays off. Uh, there's, listen, I everybody would like to get home as soon as possible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But this is this is a tweak that uh, that I think is uh, is really a one to, to keep an eye on. And I wonder if it works, whether or not they adopt it in in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm. I know teams that have stayed overnight after games on uh, when the, the scene is going to shift between cities. They stayed overnight, and they've used that off day uh, to travel mm-hmm. the, the next day instead of taking that direct flight after the game uh, and, and, and going through it. So... Uh, I'll have to do some some checking on on the exact amount of success, but uh, I I know that uh, for a lot of of athletes, just that not having to run around and and just being in a more normal environment, a sleeping uh, pattern uh, certainly uh, has its advantages.
1: Yeah, and and you know what? I think it makes a lot of sense. If you can try to keep the routine as as normal as possible, And, and for the last... 10 days this has kind of been the routine for the golden knights you get to come back home and everyone wants to as you mentioned to get back as quickly as possible but i think you have to try to take into account how it's gone in the past what ways you can tweak which ways you can get a tactical advantage if you are able to figure out that code and you know for the golden knights it's it's trying something and and you always want to continue to evolve and and see if there's a different way or a, a better way to have your athletes prepared for each individual game. And I think for right now, the Golden Knights are trying something a little bit different. I'm curious to see how it works out.
0: Yeah, if if things hadn't gone the way they did against the Blues, remember the Blues were probably playing their best hockey of the season at the time, Mm -hmm. which uh, also countered uh, the return for Vegas and being jet-lagged or or tired or off-kilter. And it was only a 3-2 game, but it, it was a... Subpar performance by Vegas mm-hmm. that night, yeah. and the other game was against the New York Rangers, in which the Rangers rolled to to a five one win. If those if those two results hadn't occurred, I wouldn't have been shocked at all if they would have come home right after the game sure. and yeah. had that day yesterday. But Bruce Bruce Cassidy has talked about learning on the fly with the Western Conference and the Western Conference travel mm-hmm. and how to adapt things and game day skates and when to skate and when not to skate and when days off and and uh, and the like. I think this is one of his strategies to see how it works, and if it does play a role, well, you get into a, a first round series, and you're you're traveling. Maybe they and say it's Vegas against Edmonton, mm-hmm. and the series shifts from Edmonton to to Vegas. You got that one day off. Maybe they stay in Edmonton overnight. Mm-hmm and fly the next day and skate when they get back and have a practice there and then then go back to their families i could i could see that type of thing playing its way into the routine if this is successful and then then it sort of comes on its life of its own mm-hmm. after a while sure. uh, and and you got the, but you also had the option of 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 doing it the, the traditional way
1: now does the degree at which you're traveling meaning like Time zones you're crossing, the amount of miles you're 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 flying, how long of a yeah. flight that yeah. all that Absolutely. kind of plays yeah. into it, right? For so, sure, yeah, so y- maybe not strategies you're looking at it in in the first round, but as you kind of get deeper in, well, I think it.
0: length of again like Edmonton Vegas, yeah, that's that's a long flight. Okay, uh, yeah. it's not it's only one time zone sure but it's, it's a longer flight so you're, huh. you're dealing with uh with some significant miles uh in that regard are you and trying the, to will
1: the, into existence vegas and edmonton in the first round
0: i, I would love it <laughs> if i could but I'm, I'm looking at uh the the most distance that vegas would travel sure okay uh, that's fair in, in, a, in a first round and in the pacific division so if it was vegas la vegas san jose mm-hmm. something along that line no. Sure. Uh, obviously, uh, you, you get back and, you, and the coaches, everybody has got, uh, uh, would much rather use your, your own resources. Uh, but it can work the other way, too, in the sense of where you're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've got a game in Vegas and you're going to Edmonton. you got a day off. Maybe the team, instead of flying out, and I've seen this a lot more, mm-hmm. to be honest, the team stays in its own city uses the off day to travel to the new city mm-hmm. like they practice at home and then they travel which Vegas uh, has done before and then you play the next day uh, that, that so I could definitely see that, uh, that playing a part in it as well.
1: You know what's amazing about this is uh, the conversation about travel is certainly one that is happening behind the scenes it's certainly one that you know as you've mentioned over the course of this season bruce cassidy new to the western conference coaching in the western conference is learning on the fly and i I don't know that it's something that a lot of people pay too much attention to like you you kind of you show up to a game and you understand all these variables are happening in the background but never really understanding how much it could impact what you see on the ice and how much energy certain players have on a night-to-night basis
0: and for the people out there. Because there's a couple of you. Uh-huh. I know that there's a couple of you. I don't mean to, to point you out, but Greg and Sarah. What about Billy? No. I don't know Billy that well. But Greg and Sarah, I know. You're saying, hey, they get charter service. <laughs> they get first-class flights. Like it, They got it pretty easy. You're right. Like it, it, It's... Luxurious travel in the sense of they're not having to get to a gate at a certain time, wait to board, sit in in fifteen B and and wait for the service to come around. Mm-hmm. It's it's good, and uh, the team pays a, a high price for that for for their players to have that. But it doesn't discount the fact that, and I'll I'll just tell this is just for Greg. Because Greg's the the big guy that not uh, Sarah. No, Greg's the one that's always on me about ah, this. Chirping, All right, yeah. he, he, he he's on, every right time now. I bring this up, he sends me a direct message, yep. and he's like blah blah blah. So Greg, I'm I'm, I'm telling you this the next time Vegas plays, and they 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 are traveling after the game. I want you to go out to your car, and I want you to start it. And you don't have to go anywhere. You can turn on the radio. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But you have to sit in that car until the team would land wherever they're going. Then I want you to drive around the block for 20 minutes, which would replicate when the team gets to the hotel. Mm -hmm. Then I want you to to go home and park in, in your driveway, go inside, and go up and get ready for bed. Make that take 20 minutes or so. Okay. Do do that, and that's you know what that's going to be. That's going to be a pain in the butt, mm-hmm. and it's going to affect whether you you get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. But you have to still get up and do your regular job the next day. Yeah, there's good travel, but there's still disruptions to your regular sleep patterns, which we know we uh, and we continue to learn uh, so much about how valuable uh, to your health sleep uh, sleep is, and that's why a couple of these alterations have been made uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, tonight will be a a great I think influence on on what they do going forward not not just on this game Mm -hmm. I I think it could have a huge influence on the game Uh, which if uh, if it's in the positive then let's see where it goes uh, from from here on out they they come back from a three-game road trip next week Uh, I I haven't uh, looked and seen to see whether or not they have days off uh, between that road trip between Edmonton, you and Vancouver.
1: do. You do. You have a couple of days. You have so Sunday, mean- Monday, and then you've got a game on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, so that so. they would fly home anyway because they got that that extra day off yep. there. But uh, let's let's see how much of an influence uh, this this has. Sports science yeah. is is such a fascinating uh, area for me to see exactly how much uh, you can gain by your your travel plans and your timing of of, of travel
1: yeah it, it it really is fascinating and again it, it it gives you an idea of the other variables we're not necessarily thinking about when we're looking at games x's and o's statistics we're looking at whether or not guys have it over the course of 60 minutes yeah. oftentimes this stuff doesn't enter into the equation right and and to be fair, when when you're looking at teams objectively and you're trying to figure out trends in certain situations where maybe the, the game isn't where you want it to be or whatever the case may be, it does have to be brought into account. And I think for, for Bruce Cassidy specifically, coming to this conference, going through this first season, any data points he can get, any ways that he can tweak things to try to figure out what the best strategy is, not just for the right now, the here and now, but next year and the following year, I, I, I love the fact that they're always looking for ways to improve how much energy and how much is in the tank of their players on, on game day.
0: Well, And this is on the heels of a five-game road trip, mm-hmm. which at the end had a back-to-back Carolina and St. Louis, yeah. and then a day off and a game in Philadelphia. Now, do that map in your head. It doesn't make sense. So there was there was extra travel in there. Mm-hmm. Almost like an extra game in, in in a fashion. When you go Carolina, St. Louis, mm-hmm. time change, and then Philadelphia. Saving's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mixed in there. Yeah. And then back to Philadelphia, and then and then home. That's why the Philadelphia game, to be quite honest, was one of the most impressive of the year for me. Mm-hmm. It didn't end up in an 8-1 9-2 grubbing of the Philadelphia Flyers. But three and four days, four and six, at the end of a road trip, you've already already had really good success. Mm-hmm. You're, you're coming out of it ahead of where you, the bar that you had, 500, mm-hmm. uh, at this stage of the season, but you're already at six points. And you've gone through some uh, incredible highs and, and challenges with the goaltending. You get to that game in Philadelphia, and what they showed me there was they had the the ability to raise the level of a game in a in a an opponent that meant nothing to them. Sure. Earlier this year, they had a five game road trip, and they finished in Buffalo. That was Jack Eichel's third period hat trick, redemption, payback, grudge match, chip on the shoulder, use it all.
1: Emotionally but, invested. But that,
0: that was a game where Jack was fired up and the team was fired up for him. Yeah. Philadelphia the other night meant nothing. They were out of it. There's 12,500 people in the building. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia is playing out the string. They just fired their general manager. All the chaos is happening upstairs. It's not even getting down to, to the dress gym and the getting the emotion going on that side. There's no crisscross of histories between the two franchises uh, as far as players necessarily playing big roles for mm-hmm. the other team and coming over. There was none of that. Like, Think back to the storylines going into that game. There wasn't much other than Vegas trying to win the final four games of the road trip. Yeah. To do that, you have to find a gear to create that emotion, that drive, that inspiration. And they, they – I don't know what they used. Maybe it was just – I called it a professional game, Ryan. Yeah. That was a professional win the other night. Sure. Uh, they found whatever they needed to do to win that game in a very meh situation. <laughs> and that's what the situation <laughs> game was. It was meh. There was, there was nothing to play for yeah. other than strictly the two points and just get home. Just two points, yeah. And they did it. Yeah. And it, it won't go down as on, in the memory banks of the top five games of the year. But when I reflect on the most impressive performances of the year, that made it happen. Then you work the sports science into it, and maybe they have a chance to win the final five games of the road trip yeah. as they come home tonight, which we're calling this the the sixth game of the trip.
1: Yeah, I I'm really excited for tonight's game. Uh, I I know the Calgary Flames are desperate, and they have to be desperate. And we've seen them at times be desperate and lose to teams you just should not lose to if you're trying to make a legitimate push for the playoffs. They, they lost in Arizona their last their last go. So I, I I don't know. I I think for the Golden Knights, that happens to teams. It does happen to teams. Now for the Golden Knights coming back home understanding that the Calgary Flames are on the ropes, finish them off here, right? Like, that's one thing I want to see. If if you're going to get, you know, a, a Golden Knights team that's looking to continue with that professionalism, continue with that mindset of going out there and just doing what the games ask for, getting your two points and getting out of there, I want to see the Golden Knights just Finish off the Calgary Flames. That's what I want to see tonight.
0: Yeah. There's a, a phrase that Bruce Cassidy uses a lot, mm-hmm. and it's, we're worried about our game. And as a media member, as the broadcaster, and I'm selling it on the pregame show, Yeah, this game, worrying about our game doesn't really move the needle. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you and your pregame show, but there's not a lot of sizzle in that. No. But it's true. Yeah. Like for, for for the Vegas Golden Knights hockey team and the 18 skaters and two goaltenders in that room, that's what they are worried about is, is their game in the first five minutes. And then the game takes on its own identity. Uh, they have to be prepared. They have to get involved. They have to be responsible in the first part of the game. That means not turning pucks over. That means uh, skating and putting pressure on the Calgary Flames uh, w- with their forecheck. That means keeping your head up and-, and making sure that you're aware of who's on the ice on, on the Calgary Flames because they do play a uh, physical style, and uh, you know where where their mindset is. So that's the first responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is let's put them away. Sure. That that will come, but it- it's almost in the-, in the reverse order of what – what as a fan or as a broadcaster might think it would would come, mm. it, I'm selling. Vegas has got to go out and put them away. Step on the the neck of the. Can you step on the neck of the snake? The snake is one big neck. Well, right? They don't, they don't yeah. have they don't yeah. have necks. Yeah. You got you got to step on the <laughs> uh, on the neck of the snake and and make sure that uh, that it can't can't get you. Go out there and do you put think the boy and- slayed the dragon and now it's just a matter of uh, of cooking up some some supper i think so that that's the way i (laughs) would would look at it and present it in a a lot of nights but in this case in this case it's vegas is trying to hold on to their three point lead or expand it yeah it's it is less about the calgary flames until the second third period when you got that chance and then alec martinez stands up and says Let's put them away. Mm-hmm. Let's let's end these guys. That's that's more when it when it comes out.
1: Yeah, and and we've seen at, at times this season, right, where the Golden Knights have had a tendency of of trying to make maybe too much happen early on in the game. And, and this has been an area that Bruce Cassidy's talked about a lot, where you got to kind of ease into it, and you've got to make sure that you are putting yourself in a favorable position. And then once the game starts to get going, then once you've had that that ability to kind of get a couple of shifts under your belt, you can start to ramp up the intensity. I think for the Golden Knights, this is a great opportunity to make the plays that are in front of you, and then once you have an opportunity, once you see the crack in a Calgary Flames team that at times this season, and to, to be honest right now, is fragile, then you go for it. Then you put them away. It's a big game. It'll have implications, but...
0: Calgary is way more into trying to instigate what's going to happen on the other team than Vegas. Vegas worried about itself going into this game. Uh, we got plenty to get to. Jordan Bennington back at it last (laughs) night, but there's a bit of a spin on it that has uh, developed and come up in the last little bit that we want to tell you about in that potential goalie fight that came near to happening last night against Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, one-timer's news notes around the National Hockey League. We got tickets to give away for the Columbus game uh, on Sunday. That's uh, coming no, up. No, no, the hour Edmonton game. The Edmonton, Edmonton game. game. Yes, right. on the twenty eighth. Yeah. All right. The Edmonton game. Got my uh, games crossed. The Edmonton game. Which game is that?
1: On March the twenty
0: eighth. What time is that at? It's a seven o'clock game. It's a Tuesday. Okay. What jerseys are they? We wearing? Uh, hopefully, the hopefully the Oilers would wear those cool throwback or reverse right. retros that they have, but All I don't right. think that's uh, going to happen. Wanted to know how deep down the rabbit hole that uh, that you've gone on this. Chapman, I, uh, I don't think game. anybody's wearing reverse retros now. Yeah, you're not allowed to. Oh, boo. Yeah, it's around the, the course. Teams can wear their alternates or they can wear their stadium series games if they were involved in that or a bunch of classic jerseys, but uh, the reverse retros were only a two-month thing.
1: Well, that stinks.
0: Read the fine print in your program, please.
1: Oh, the Edmonton Oilers should not be allowed Uh, to wear their alternate jerseys. We've got
0: tickets to give away to see the Edmonton Oilers. It's the second half of a home and home series uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, That's all coming up on the VGK Insider Show, live from T Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Richard Marks. Cheap Trick. Oh.
1: The Flame.
0: I get that wrong every time. Every time I think it's Richard Marks. I'm a big Richard Marks fan. But you don't know this song is not Richard Marks. But it sounds like Richard Marks. Close enough, Chapman. You know what Richard Marks is. (laughs) I
1: like Like, Richard. I'm
0: in in the wheelhouse. Yeah. At least I... I took a stab at it. Close yeah, you enough. should never do that with uh, music. We got games uh, that are relevant to the Vegas School Knights happening tonight. The Edmonton Oilers at home to the Dallas Stars on two fronts uh, there, both with the Dallas Stars in the Western Conference race and the Edmonton Oilers in the Pacific Division. Winnipeg trying to get back into a really comfortable spot in the Central Division at home against the Boston Bruins. We know that'll be a tough one. L.A. Kings host the Columbus Blue Jackets. Got to think that the Kings will get something out of that. And Seattle is in San Jose. Same story on that side. So the closest chasers to Vegas have what you call easier opponents. All all three are playing teams outside of the playoff position. Mm -hmm. But Calgary, they, they scary based on their talent level, where they were a year ago, and the potential of, going on a run i i I will wait until game 81 before i am willing to close the coffin on the calgary flames
1: what if they what if they get eliminated before then
0: i I will still wait until game 81 thinking that this team should be able to get on a roll there's there's no reason why this team should be going through what this team has has gone through i i told you guys it was going to take some time with all the changes that the calgary flames went through as an organization yeah. Over the course of the summer, with star players, it was going to take a while. Sure. Yeah. With Wieger and Huberto and Kadri all coming in uh, in the off season, They just never found their footing. And it's it's really interesting in the sense of the team that they pulled off the big trade with that ended up sending Matthew Kachuk to the Florida Panthers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they never found it either. No. Like, they're right on the edge of being bounced. and. Calgary won the Pacific Division last year in the regular season, and Florida was the best team in the National Hockey League taking the President's Trophy, and there's a good chance they're both
1: going to miss. Yeah, I mean, like if I'm going to put my faith into one of the two teams, obviously I think the math works out better for the Florida Panthers, so that's that's one thing that I think the, the Panthers kind of have going for them outside of playing against the Montreal Canadiens right now. But um, I... I, I yeah, well, the Florida I, Panthers are
0: eight points out
1: well the floor no the Florida Panthers are five points back in the New York Islanders okay for the final wild card spot and they've got three games in hand and I know that so they're both five points out Florida and,
0: and and Calgary
1: right but the math works out better because Florida has games in hand Florida has some control over what they can do and how far they can run this up now that being said the New York Islanders if they fall or falter or have a rough stretch and the Florida Panthers continue to kind of push the way that they have the last week or so, then I, I think that they can make it interesting. I do think it would be a wild world if the Calgary Flames and the Florida Panthers, after that blockbuster trade, after the seasons they had last year, I think it would be crazy if they both missed the playoffs, but we might we might get there. Yeah, and, and Florida has got strong performance out of Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's and been that, fantastic. That, that,
0: that, that's not on him. No. Hubert there's, uh, uh there's been a fall-off. On a on hundred point season, yeah, there's certainly been that area, and and Kattery hasn't been what we what we expected, uh, but I again I wouldn't count Calgary out. Florida is going to be it's it's going to be tougher given who they're who they're chasing. Do you want to chase down Sidney Crosby to get uh, in?
1: No, you can't reasonably believe. That the Calgary Flames, who are five points back and don't have any games in hand on anybody that they're chasing, you think it's an easier row? You think that, th- that you believe more in the Calgary Flames than the Florida yeah. Panthers? Yeah. The Florida yeah. Panthers have at least been able to put it together it, at times this season. Calgary's never done that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it, that's a compliment to the Calgary Flames. I guess. Uh, and Florida and Florida's in action tonight, and they're ripping it up. <laughs> so Florida's <laughs> played Montreal tonight. Yeah, yeah. In the in the Games this year against Montreal Canadiens, the mm. Panthers have won seven two, okay, and six two, okay. They've scored thirteen goals mm-hmm. in the first two games yep. against the Montreal Canadiens, and that's impressive. It is Thir- yeah. thirteen goals in two games head to head against Montreal. Yep, and they've blown that out of the water tonight <laughs> by hitting a half dozen before the first period's over. Yeah, but it, here's the the crazy part. It's not even a comfortable lead. <laughs> they scored six goals in the first period, chased Montreal's starting goaltender, and it's not even a comfortable lead. Oh
1: no, it can't be. Uh, it's seven, seven to three now. There you go. Well, that might be this is somewhat unbelievable. Comfortable. Okay, so this is maybe the thing. Like, if you believe in hockey gods or whatever Darren wants you you to believe in today. The Montreal Canadiens have three goals on four shots. Sergei Bobrovsky has made one save. He's allowed three goals in the first period, and now the Canadiens are losing by four goals. If that doesn't earn you Connor Bedard, I don't know what will. Now, basically, right now, <gasps> it wasn't even. Florida's a shot playing on goal. Chapman and Net. It wasn't even a shot Florida's on goal. Florida's playing
0: Chapman and Net. They've got one save, and they're up. Seven three. It, it's one of the more sensational uh, storylines that you're going to see from a, from a regular season game. Uh, thankfully, I, I will I will sell this in in somewhat of a positive spin for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, it's in sunrise. I couldn't imagine what this would be like, and and not that there's anybody there that can do a Patrick Wall walk down the bench behind uh, Tremblay and talk to Ronald Corey and say. I played my last game oh. uh, on this team right now, but it would be a nightmare if this game was, was in downtown Montreal as opposed to Sunrise, Florida. But 7-3 yep. for yep. for the Florida Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens. How about this? The, and this is where, like, the analytics will, will come into to some great fanfare. Yeah. The analytics will show that the Montreal Canadiens scored on 75% of their shots mm-hmm. yep. in the first period. Yep, 75% of their shots so far. Yeah. Three
1: out of four yeah.
0: that they scored on Sergey Bobrovsky and, and are down big time. And if you're wondering why Florida <laughs> ha- didn't make a goalie change either, that's because <laughs> right now uh, they're, they're really thin on the goaltending side of it. Sure. Yeah. And Matt Guzda, Mm. Is the backup tonight? He's never played in the National Hockey League. He's a first-year pro after a pretty good OHL career, mm. and uh, and he's just he's there to provide some insurance in case Sergey Bobrovsky ever suffering some type of injury. Right. Sergey Bobrovsky allowed three goals on the first three shots. Mm-hmm. They didn't make a change. No. It was Bobrovsky until you're down eight tonight in a really important game, and. There might be a lesson in there somewhere where in the end you let a guy fight through it or you've got faith in your team to be able to get get your goalie through it. Because you're not you're not playing a very good team. You should be able to do it. You're also scoring a bunch of goals, right? It wasn't like they were down three yeah, nothing. Uh, yeah. On the first three shots, uh, they they were they had the lead uh, uh, after Montreal was able to, to open the scoring. So there's there's there might be a little bit of a lesson for head coaches around professional hockey uh, to to ride with it. I I do assume that had there been an option, mm-hmm. Paul Maurice would have made the expect a change.
1: Well, listen, Sergei Bobrovsky has, uh, he allowed three goals on the first three shots, and he has been perfect on the yeah. next three. He All is right. now at a 500 save percentage. He's got three saves on six shots, and Jake Allen has allowed four goals on ten shots. So, uh, do you go back to Sam Montembeau in you the might, second period? You might. Maybe not in the second, but maybe and in it's the game. still Jake Allen right I, now.
0: Hey, I've seen a lot of double pulls in my time, in in the in the yeah. national hockey league, and what a game. minor hockey or the OHL. It happens, and why why it happens is twofold. One, you think you might have a chance to come back. Yeah, like if if Montreal happened to score a couple, and you think you might be able to get into it, and the other guy lets in another soft one, Jake Allen, then you might put Montembeau back in. Yeah, maybe. Because you think you can, might think that you can pull something out here in in Marty St. Louis, and he's teaching lessons along the way here too. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, as, yeah. as a coach of it. The other part is, it just it gets embarrassing for everybody mm-hmm. if the guy you put in is stinking up the joint, mm-hmm. and you'd like to think that maybe you could just spare him a little bit of misery. Ugh. So there there might be something like that because uh, you don't want to ruin a guy there's that that's awful too you took the first guy out sure he was terrible yeah why can't you take like spare the spare the second guy do you remember, do you remember the game earlier this year seattle and los angeles mm-hmm. that ended up 9-8 mm-hmm. yep like there's there are is, there is some interesting goaltending decisions in that game to the point where where <laughs> jonathan quick jonathan quick went in yeah. and he let in a few sure but they they didn't come close to putting Cal peterson back in no i uh and and Seattle, uh, they let their guy in Martin the Jones. whole game.
1: Martin Jones allowed all eight goals. So there was there's yeah.
0: multiple different ways. This one is is interesting. Now Bobrovsky's not coming out. No no no, at all. He well, he's in until the game's out of reach in the negative, which which is going to be really hard to get to uh, at this stage. He's not he's not coming out. The other side of it. It I wouldn't be shocked if there was a if there was a double pull in that Montable and, and Jake Allen swapped again.
1: It's Jake Allen for the time being, about four minutes left in the first period, and it, it appears, at least on my end, that the Florida Panthers have a gentleman's agreement with the Montreal Canadians that they're just not gonna put anything on net until the second period. Yeah. Seven three. <laughs>
0: In the first period for the Florida <laughs> Panthers over the Montreal Canadiens, that that's a quirky one. Uh, that uh, hijacked our show in quick order. Women continue. We got two tickets to give away to the Edmonton Oilers game here at T Mobile Arena after the next road trip. So they go through Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton, and then they're back here for the second half of the home and home with the Oilers. A chance to see Connor McDavid. We make things happen. We'll let you see the best player in the world against the Pacific Division leading vegas golden knights so uh, that uh ticket offering is coming up in hour number two uh, we also have news and notes so one-timers from around the national hockey league that goaltending fight uh from last night that came very close to happening and satisfying a lot of people's desires to see jordan binnington uh involved in a full-fledged scrap uh, mm-hmm. plus more on the golden knights and calgary flames which will go at it uh tonight Pacific Division Titans last year, regular season winners. This year's regular season leaders. Toe to toe, it's Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wall. A couple of observations from that Montreal, Florida game, which it was 7-3. After the first period for the Florida Panthers, wild start to it. Uh, only one team has changed its goaltender. Uh, that's interesting. We told you the reason why Florida won't. But Montreal scored 16 seconds into the first period. Mm-hmm. The 10th goal of the period found its net at 13-18. Mm-hmm. So you had 10 goals in 13 <laughs> minutes of hockey, Yes. which I don't remember A game in which there was that many goals in such a short period of time. That's extreme, even by the most goofy standards Mm -hmm. that we've seen. Uh, It ends up that Montreal scores three goals on six shots, so Bobrovsky has stopped the final three of the first period, and Florida scores seven on 18. Mm -hmm. They... The score is reflective of who the better team was in the period. Yes, it just yes. you would think that it would have been three nothing. Yes, instead of seven three.
1: Yeah, an absolute anomaly of a period um, of hockey between the Florida Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, boy, oh boy, if you were a fan at the game, you got your money's worth in thirteen minutes.
0: You really did. You're keeping an eye on the out of town scoreboard tonight uh, with the likes of. The San Jose Sharks hosting the Seattle Kraken, who have dropped back recently. Yes. The LA Kings, three points behind the Vegas Golden Knights Mm -hmm. in the battle for first place in the Pacific Division. They will host the Columbus Blue Jackets. So those two games will start a half hour after the Golden Knights. Right. So be able to track that as we go along through the evening. Edmonton Oilers will be underway in, uh, in just a little bit. Uh, they're at home to the Dallas Stars. Uh, that's a key one because of where Dallas is in in the uh, Western Conference playoff push right now, and the battle for first place and that number one seed from the conference side of it. Dallas is three points back uh, of Vegas. Who are you cheering for there? You cheering for Edmonton to get the two points? Yeah. As, as the Oilers are in a top three spot in the Pacific, they're in no real danger of catching Vegas. Or you're cheering for Dallas to keep Edmonton down a little bit, knowing that Dallas will either stay three points back or could get a little closer.
1: Yeah, I, That's a conundrum of a game. I, I don't know. I feel like you, you kind of always want the the other division to take care of a team that's inside your division? Like I I feel gross kind of cheering for a situation where you want a Pacific Division team to win a game, unless it's a team that's far, far out of the playoffs and they're doing you a favor in knocking the Dallas Stars down a peg. Uh, I I don't have any like real belief in the Dallas Stars to maybe win the conference, And, and maybe I'm just reading too much into the fact that you know they they are propped up quite a bit with overtime losses, um, and that's just something that I think I look at and just don't feel it with with Dallas. But um, I don't. So, know what's that, your decision? I don't know that I'm rooting for the Edmonton Oilers in that spot. So you're cheering I, for Dallas. Yeah, I'll go
0: Dallas. Why well, not? I'm going with Dallas. Yeah, because the chances of the top two getting through and meeting in a, in a third round is kind of low. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen a lot, sure. So. I'm counting on an upset along the way with Dallas, and we'll take our chances uh, and and try to force the Evan Toilers down a notch.
1: Let's go Dallas, Colorado, round one.
0: Wouldn't be a bad thing at all. Hour number two, uh, more on the Calgary Flames, Vegas Golden Knights. So what we expect to see tonight from the Vegas side of things, first time we've watched them in person in a week and a half. And news notes, one-timers running the National Hockey League, the goalie fight that almost happened on the way.